1800s, the Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Doug, and welcome again to the Dirt Road Circuit Riders Podcast. This is Season 3, and I'm excited to be back here with you and with my friends Steve and Mike. As always, we're uh, we're excited just because God is leading us. have been giving shout-outs to Leanne, our fabulous producer, and to Carl Miller, the incredible voice of the Dirt Road Circuit Riders podcast. That's uh, that's that. Those are the voices that make I thought this you go. were the voice, Doug. You you have the voice. Yeah, if, he does. If we're looking for whiny and nasally, that's what I carry. Mm. So, uh, Steve, I'm going to throw this to you. We've been doing a couple of things in the past uh, the past three weeks, and we've talked about assessing the mess. So we know uh, this is not business as usual. Yeah. Then we stepped in the next week into personal holiness, the speed of the leader, the yep. speed of the team, a reliance on the Holy Spirit of God. And we really, we walked through that process and that was encouraging. And then last week, help me out guys. I was here. I just vaguely remember it. We talked about Moses having to sit down. Oh, yeah. There and, and, yeah. and everybody involved in ministry. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. everybody yeah. So, hey, last week we talked about food. Can I ask you guys a question about food? Yeah. I mean, I know we have like we have an important thing to talk about today, I'm sure. This is I, what people wait for. Yes. They wait for okay. this. It's our food conversation. All right. So so I need I need advice. Okay, because like Doug, you work with teens. I want to value teens. Okay. Our All teens right. meet yep. on Wednesday yep. night. We had a huge church dinner the other day. Okay, like we we actually paid someone to smoke a whole hog. Two hundred people showed up. Two hundred people cannot eat a whole if hog. If you're a hunter, smoking a hog means something different. <laughs> it means you're just you're just yeah. Never mind. All right, well, let's let's this, keep. Finishing. This is why you listen to the Dirt Road Circuit Riders <laughs> podcast. They actually, by the way, they cooked this thing underground, which was so oh, cool. Yeah. And then they like took pictures of it and made us made us watch those before we ate this whole hog. But there was plenty of left over, okay? Right. So one group in my church, because you know us rural people are frugal, we always feed the teens on Wednesday night because they come straight from football practice or basketball practice, volleyball practice, whatever. So the thing that I want to know, so, so there were two camps. I want to know which two you guys would be in. Mm-hmm. There was one camp in our church that really believed that we should save those leftovers and feed the teens the leftovers on Wednesday night. There was another group that said that that doesn't value the teens, that they are not leftovers, that they are worthy of a first meal. Go. What do you think? Well, I'm the resident youth guy, and I would say that no kid has ever turned down any free food ever. That's not necessarily (laughs) true. But I will tell you that my staff would disagree with that statement. (laughs) Uh, and our producer, and this will probably be embarrassing to her, 
uh, she came without lunch one day and just started rifling through the staff refrigerator. <laughs> and Leanne, two hours later, we apologize. Two hours later, she was running away. She <laughs> she left. She went home, and it's because she was not discretionary in her eating, which I have found to be so warning, ladies and gentlemen. It is a descriptive term for for teenagers. I. Yeah, is it bad? Yeah, I wouldn't serve bad food. But the truth is, kids eat all the time. I don't know if it sends a value. A real Coke probably sends a better message than a, you know, a, a, a oh, knockoff oh, yeah. brand, right? Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know. Well, I think the teens don't care. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> Just speaking of a dad of young adults who just went through the uh, budget-blowing years of uh, the teen years, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think they care. Uh, I, I think from a perspective is, I'm going to switch the question on you. What was actually the motivation of the people that said we don't value our teens? Were they really worried about the tweens or were they thinking free food for us? I don't want to question their, their motivation. <laughs> like, I want I'm to take just it wondering as you're telling yes. that story. <laughs> What's one, the, what's the animated, one of the benefits of being a pastor slash youth pastor is the free food that you get to take. It's like, used, but I don't slightly. <laughs> it's slightly used food. Youth pastors get to eat leftover hot dogs, leftover pizza. Maybe they were trying to protect their kids from it. Hey, I'm hijack. I'm hijacking the oh, no, podcast no. today. What are we talking about, Doug? Tell us what we're really talking food? about. <laughs> food. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna jump back in here because I did we did an underground hog roast when I was in college, um, and we called that. it the Ethiopian Unique. <laughs> it was a theme party. Oh no! <laughs> we, we are now we are now off the rails. Oh no! Here's please here's don't what write us letters. Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about. Uh, in the midst of this stuff, right? No surprise to God, we're going through all kinds of adjustments, and and some people it's wearing out and they're exhausted. Some people are emotionally frazzled. Some people are are just they're done. And so we want to talk about uh, about our calling, and that's a word that maybe is misunderstood. So we're going to set up the discussion just by starting this way. How did you know you were called? How do you define called? What What is that? And then maybe we'll start by just saying, what are the evidences of a call versus the first misnomer, which is that my ordination makes me a pastor? Ooh, boy, there's just so much there. Can I just say, first of all, that is the reason this is an important conversation is how many pastors I talk to that the struggles of this last year have put them in a position where they're not sure that they want to keep pastoring. Yeah. And so, like, for me, like, you, you, you asked me, you know, how do I know I'm called? Well, when I was 14 years old, I was at a camp meeting, and the pastor was preaching. I have no idea what the pastor was preaching, but here's what I knew. God was speaking to me, and God said, Steve, I have called you to be a pastor. I did not follow that. And so I had my Jonah experience. But it was almost an audible voice that said, Steve, you are called to be a pastor. Now, there's another calling, too, like... Am I called to a people? Am I called to a particular place? Those types of things. But for me, I would be walking in disobedience if I wasn't in ministry. Mm -hmm. And that's how I know that I'm called. I think absolutely. I think 
It's not that you have no other choice, and I think that's the mistake made, because God always gives us open-ended choices, because right. he loves us. I, I just, my, you know, we can get in some debates on predestination, we won't do that today. Um, but what I mean by that is you can have your joy in a moment, you can have those. I think what we mean by that is it's, it's a matter of obedience to Christ or not. And when you are called by God, when you're called by the Lord to do something, you have a story. And your story may not look the same. All one of us, our three stories here don't match up. He heard an, almost an audible voice. I had almost like an open vision, which is rare. I've never had one in the past uh, or even before or after that. And I think personally that when it comes to calling, that you know that you know that you know that there's no other choice in your life or you'd really be out of sync with God. Uh, for me, my calling um, was lifelong almost. Uh, I mean, when I was a young boy, a little boy, five years old, I believed this is what God wanted me to do, and I sensed that I would be, um, for lack of a better way to say it, I would be good at it. Not not that my being good was the marker, but this was the thing. I, I just, I, I sort of felt like this is what I want to do. I wanted, and nobody else in my family, I have a brother who's in ministry, but nobody uh, had the same inclination and I think people that you would talk to when I was five years old would, would have said, yeah, he's going into ministry. Uh, um, and I felt that. I, I, I was called to preach. I wanted to preach. I wanted to speak. And um, over the course of, uh, of my life, I found that that's where my gifts lined up as well. Yeah, but Mike, if you wanted, if, if you wanted, and Doug, if you wanted, if you wanted to preach, if you enjoyed it, you were good at it. I'm guessing you didn't want to have to make decisions about mask or recommend whether or not a person should be vaccinated. I mean, the things that this last year has presented us has put us in a position where if we were in this because we wanted to do it, we don't want to do it anymore. I, I don't want to do it. And that's, and that's the difference of calling and career, right? A career I can step away from and switch to careers. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it's a calling, you're doing things that you don't want to do. And you're doing things that is there's joy in suffering, which I mean, sound like really, mm. really a, a challenge in this moment. But I think so often we preached it to our people and like we haven't really, when we experienced it ourselves, like, hey, we don't like that, but we have to deal with it. And I, when it comes to calling, I think that's where I've seen pastors and I've called a lot of pastors um, small town USA Vineyard, we have them all across the nation, and that this has become a real conversation mm -hmm. about that the difference of calling versus career and calling versus skill. Just because you're good at something, right. you can use it in different ways. I think right. preaching could be used in many different ways outside of the Bible if we were talking about motivational speaking, teaching, things like that. Yep. But when it comes to calling, that's a different conversation. So what is the difference between calling and uh, just... Uh, Career and calling, obviously, I, you know, I can choose the career. I don't necessarily choose the calling path. And so let's let's um, move this in a different direction. Let's just say, what's what's the difference between a calling and an ordination? So I'm ordained, which means I'm a pastor or I'm a preacher, or I'm a minister. I'm a minister. What's the difference? And maybe this is the greater question: What are the evidences of a calling? So I'll start with you, Steve. What? What is the difference between being ordained and being called to the pastorate? What's oh the difference? See, see, we need to have like a little button that we can push whenever there's like a hot button. There's a sound. So yeah. this is this is a hot button issue. I'm going to guess that there are a lot of pastors listening to us 
to us today that aren't ordained. Right. Right. But they are clearly called. Right. Right. And and God has ordained them. God has equipped them. Ordination, I think, frankly, oh, this is okay. So this is humans are involved with with it. So it's flawed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ordination has nothing to do with calling. Exactly. I agree. Nothing 100%. to do with calling. Or ordination, depending on the denomination or the group that you're with, can mean a whole bunch of different things. But there are denominations that, like I'll give an example in the vineyard, we were licensed first, and yep. they had these fruit of our ministry, not many numbers, don't give fruit, but fruit of our ministry, long-lasting for a minimum of five to seven years before they were to deign you yeah. for, uh-huh. for evidence of your calling. So I think we have to define this. I think we're talking more of an educational licensing thing. We talk about ordination here. And, and just, you know, it's like this. I got a teaching degree at one point in my life, and I was teaching. Just because I got the license didn't mean I was actually a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think ordin- so ordination has its place, but it isn't about calling. What ordination does, like I am an ordained minister in the Wesleyan Church. Right. I can go to any Wesleyan church in the country, and they can feel comfortable putting me up front because they know that I understand the the doctrinal perspective of the Wesleyan Church. That's all it is. It's like where Paul says to, to, to the Roman Church, I commend to you, it was a way of ordination, I commend to you Phoebe. He's saying she's ordained. Mm-hmm. And then he says to them in, in Romans chapter 16, do whatever she says. And so he's saying, here's, here's a man that you trust, saying this is a woman who I trust, and you accept her leadership. That's all ordination is. You don't have to have the approval of men to be called, and many of us in small settings are called and equipped better than those who went and got the degree so man could ordain them. There's, uh, so 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. All right, so is that an ordination or is that a call? Was that a recognition of the <laughs> gifts already exi- exhibited by Timothy or? Yes. Uh, okay, yes, right, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes both, to both. Both yes. and, right, yeah. both and. So there's some merger here. And I, I think that what happens uh, for me, because again, I'm a youth guy, there was this assumption that real pastors go away to seminary, they get their MDiv, and then they start a church. And it's all process, but it's man-made process. Uh, I would say, let's just list them. I think one of the evidences of calling uh, of, of God is an awareness of God's spirit. There, yeah. there should be a spiritual gravitas with a minister. There should be a difference. And it, I, I want to say people should be able to discern it a little bit. That's my first one. And, and so then, and maybe I'm saying the same thing just a different way. There's also a certain sense of equipping. There's a spiritual yep. gifting that, like, I'm like, like for me, I'll give you a quick example. When I when I interviewed at Lamont Wesleyan Church some 21, 22 years ago, um, they asked me, you know, what are your strengths? What are you, you know, all those, like, all of like, like somehow they're going to catch me in a trap by asking me a question. Anyway, don't get me into interviews, okay? But they asked me, what are your weaknesses? And at this point, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to get the job anymore. I'm trying to have a legitimate, this is like, okay, this is a dating game here. I am trying to decide, is this where God has called me? And I told them, I said, you know, I have never worked with children and teens. And they looked at me right in the eye and said, listen, you're going to have to be the senior pastor 
and your own staff. You're going to have to be a youth pastor. And I knew I was called to that place. And do you know what? God equipped me for five years. We built a youth ministry of 60 people Mm -hmm. in a town of 40, okay? And now I go back and I try to relate to the teens, and it's gone. But there's a sense of, I mean, seriously, I cannot lead teens anymore. The teens aren't gone. You're just, I'm just your ability yeah. to relate, right? Maybe it's my gray hair. Maybe it's my, you know, I, I you know, so here's. So, Do you call so, them young persons? Well, well here's the <laughs> thing. Young fella. I, I give them illustrations from the 90s, not realizing that that was like when I was a kid, people who talked about World War II. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's but, a, for you old guys, there you go. That just blew your mind. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm now sad. I, I, I don't think that it's the stories you tell. I think it's it's the heart that you have. And Well, there's a gifting to it, though, Doug, don't you sure. think? Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But I still tell, I, I slip. I'm old. But I do know that it is the heart that I have. And so at some point, I had to make a legitimate decision. Do I want to go into, do I want to be a lead pastor? Because I like preaching. I enjoy God. God's word. I'm, I'm gifted as an, an administrator and a leader, but that's not all I want to do. I want to go where the fields are the whitest, which is not geriatric ministry. I want to go where teenagers can change <laughs> life. And there was a different dynamic. I, I love teenagers. And for every person that says, Oh God bless you. I'm like, he has. And you know what? Wow, I think you'd be surprised how much you love teenagers too, how much life comes to you when you invest in teenagers. So when you hear dog's heart, yes, that shows calling. And I think Mm. sometimes you know calling when you see it. And that's the hardest part of calling for all of us. We don't know it till the rubber actually hits the road. We don't know it till something actually hits us as a conflict or a struggle. Or you hear this like absolute passion for this. And I think it matters for people in place too. I, I'll, I'll, I'm just land on this real quick and then we can go back to it. No, no. And just, a, just a segue real quick. I knew I was called Chippewa Falls because the Lord clearly showed me. I was called in the ministry because of the Lord clearly showed me. But I will tell you, my heart for my community is so strong that someone said, if you weren't pastoring a church, would you move? I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. I would still provide the gospel for this town. I would still bring the kingdom value to this town because it is my heart. Yeah. And that passion lays yeah. out. And when Doug laid that out just beautifully for youth, yeah, it's the same thing that's shown. Yeah. Well, a broken heart is still a heart. Exactly. And yeah. uh, quick story, then Steve, I'm throwing this back to you. I so uh, Dawn and I were up north in the UP, and we went out to eat. And the long story is that we the got UP the UP is the Upper Peninsula. Upper Peninsula. Upper Peninsula. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. The UP. Upers. Um, so we were we went to get some whitefish, and we had to switch restaurants. Went to a brand new restaurant, and the kid that brought us food, maybe 16 years old. And that kid, he was smiling, he was kind, he was just, and I instantly, I felt not just, I like this kid, I did, but Dawn and I both teared up because here's this kid, he turned around on the back of his shirt, it said, crew, our ministry calls student leaders crew. And I said, man, I want to be here. And it wasn't a, I want a crossroads farm here. We do want that. It was that I want to be here. I want to care about that kid. It was so specific. And that's people. That's a heart for youth. And that shows up everywhere. And so when you start to say your place for you specifically for yourself, you see that value in every rural America. That's why we're on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Like, like this is the reality. Our calling isn't 
to the little city of Chicago or the little city of Detroit, Michigan, our calling is to the villages and places like that. So, That's where it shows up. So this isn't in the script, but I'm just going to ask. Yeah. Okay. So I thought I was called. We have a script, by the way. Go ahead. I, I, well, I mean, we, we pretend that we know where we're going, but I thought I was called. Yeah. I came to this place. I, I had a heart for it. I mean, I want you to know I had a heart for it. I did. Yeah. Um, I, I loved on these people. I, I was there when the babies were born. I was there when grandpa died. All of those things were there. You know, we don't want to focus on the past. We want to be looking forward, and we don't want to be Debbie Downers or Karens or whatever other people that we want to offend today. But here's the reality. I, I thought I was called here. Mm. But do you know how I've been treated here? Yeah. Do you know what it's been like this last 18 months here? I mean, do you know that I had to make a decision about mask or a decision about whether to say something about race relations or a decision about whether or not I am going to support a political candidate or not? Mm -hmm. And even my inaction, everything I did was was critiqued. People have left. Even you said in the podcast a couple weeks ago that there were the prodigals and the yeah. lost sheep and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here and I ordained... I. I don't know if I'm called anymore. Calling oh. is not contingent on effectiveness or circumstances. Mm. And the real and the reality is, you can. It's okay to question. I think we have to stop on the, not this whole reality of like you don't have your moments of doubt because I think maybe I'm the only one here in the group that I've had my moments of doubt. Like, Lord, is this really what you want for me? Mm -hmm. Is this what sure. you're thinking? Yeah, that's normal. But knowing that I don't feel in my heart, I have permission from the Lord to step out. No matter what's going on in front of me, I think is the difference between calling and career. If I have a bad, if I have a bad yeah. job, like okay, my 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 son just got a career move up the ladder. He liked his other job. He didn't leave his job because it was bad. He left it because he was he wasn't even called. He just got a better job. Yep. That's the difference between calling and that. Yep. I think that's true. Uh, again, better job. That's a that's a career issue. Uh, but this faithfulness. And favor issue. Noah shows it. He, he, you know, God showed him favor. I think we're asking for favor from God, but we don't know what that measures out to look like. So we stay faithful unless God releases us mm -hmm. to yeah. another ministry. I think here's what here's what I would say because I mean the whole the whole reason we're talking about calling is because we have so many pastors. I just if if you're sitting here doubting. Am I supposed to stay where I am? Yeah. There are some pastors who are doubting if they're in the right place, and there are some people doubting if they're in the right position. Yep. And, and what we want to say to you today is never doubt in the dark what you saw clearly in the light. Mm, that's good. Just, just if, and, and does God call? Hey, I've pastored in three different churches in my life. That isn't because I was disobedient. It's because God had a different role for me, yeah. a different place for me. There is a time I've had pastors that have stepped out of what we would consider professional pastoral ministry, and now they're pastors in different ways. The Holy Spirit can do that, mm -hmm. but it isn't discouragement that does that. Right. Correct. Right. And that's the difference. Yeah. Well, on behalf of the gentleman sitting beside me, Mike and Steve, and uh, our fantastic producer, Leon Swihart, the voice of the Dirt Road Circuit Riders podcast, which is Carl Miller, we want to thank you for spending the time for investing in us, and we, uh, we're praying that God will speak into your life a hope and a future. God bless you.
the Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee, supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at ThinkOrange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. At CrossroadsFarm.org, Vineyard Small Town USA, Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash USA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.CrossroadsFarm.org. Dirt Roads Network transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails.